What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, it's Thursday night, so you know what that means. It's the full ride on the Chase Thomas podcast, where I am joined by fellow college football know-it-all and fellow University of North Georgia alumni. It's Matt Green. Matt, good evening, sir. How are you? Good evening, sir. Glad to be back. Nighthawks in the house. Night. You know what's funny? So I was in Asheville uh, for the birthday weekend, the Dirty Thirty birthday weekend, and uh, Dirty Thirty. Yeah, I uh, forgot to ask you about that. How'd it go? I'm still alive. I made it to thirty. I'm on the back half now, Matt. I'm Good officially stuff. closer to uh, my forties than I am my twenties. I believe is how that math works. That's that. That checks out. That's accurate. That's insane. That's insane, yeah. Matt. You're getting up there, man. Time. I, I just keeps on moving. It does keep on moving, but I'm okay with it. I'm I'm good. I'm good with where I'm at. I'm good with the weekend. It was a great weekend. I I had a lot of fun, but the the reason I brought up the Nighthawk thing is because uh we were walking downtown I think I mean it was downtown most of the time and just going to different places and Nashville's beautiful and highly recommend Nashville, North Carolina. Um Shout out to our Airbnb people for putting on a great show. Can't I'm not going to drop their name. Not gonna not gonna do that. But uh, it's a great spot. It was a great spot. Um, I was wearing my University of North Georgia crew neck sweater. I think on Saturday, and okay. I was walking around and got stopped. Group of dudes. One of them just walks by, caught me off guard. Go Nighthawks! And I was like, what? 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 Because I, I was like, there's no way they're talking to anybody else. And I turned and I was like, yeah, go Nighthawks. And then I hear them it's talking. Strong like, yeah. brand. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, felt that's the alumni. That's the alumni. So that was cool. There were some other Northridge alumni. We, we, we're a small school, so we don't see that many. I always feel kind of phony, though, because like every time anyone says like, oh, you went to North Georgia? Oh, it's beautiful up there. Oh, <laughs> gorgeous. And I'm just like, yeah, it is. It is. I I never had one class in Delonica, but but yeah, yeah, it is. Well, a lot of people had both, right? Like a lot of our classmates would go back and forth between the two. Um, yeah, the only, only reason I ever went up there was just to cover sports stuff. Well, the re- like that was it's hard to explain to people because it's like you can't tell like so they broke it up into two sides, where like the communication side was on the Gainesville side, and then the the sciencey math stuff and business was on the well, like the side. real college was in Dahlonega, like where the fraternities and like yeah, just the, the the actual school functions and all the traditions, all that was in Dahlonega. We just had the buildings <laughs> and gates. Hey, just leave Nesbit paper. alone. Get that I love me paper, some Nesbit. Get out of there. That's what we were all there for. No, I love Nesbit. Nesbit was a. That was a really. I love Nesbit. No, it was, it was a quality. Uh, it was a quality learning experience. Of course, we had a lot of good times. We got. Uh, uh, there was some. There was some good times. We had a. You and I outside talking in front of the, our cars in front of Nesbit, <laughs> talking college football. It's good times. Good times for sure. Fuck. How long ago was that now? Because we are nearing the end of the semester, 2021. Um, was that six years ago? Seven years ago? Shoot, yeah, something like that. Oh, my like God. Seven years ago. Good. Time flies, man. But uh, think... we, should get into, we should get into college football, right? That's why I have Dr. Marker on the line. No, I'm just kidding. Um... <laughs> Meryl Morris we got here. <laughs> Oh, Shout out to the uh, Merrill Morris School of Journalism that we all uh, got our degrees from. God, J.K.J. Shout out to my guy. Um, he made me a better writer. Also, very terrified of him still today. I, I hope he's doing well. The only only college professor I had that didn't like me, honestly. He, really? He did not like me. Uh, were there any girls who didn't like me at North Georgia, Matt? No, not one. I'm pretty <laughs> sure every single girl loved you. <laughs> yeah. They love your uh, they love your personality. Your uh, really say exactly what you mean personality. 
Exactly, exactly. Um, well, Matt Green, we have some college football news. We're This episode's going to be highlighted because of the offseason, different theme every week. This week, because the esteemed Super League fell through, the 48-hour just unreal just I, I don't even know how to describe what happened and what transpired in a 48-hour period i'm ready for the espn 30 for 30 i'm ready for all the documentaries about it um shout out to fire island for getting the sports version of it but we are going to do our own college football super league which 16 teams would make our super league and make the most sense we have a lot of crossover because it's really hard not to have a lot of crossover but there are some notable misses on both of ours and we can even rank like where we think they belong. Um, my list, of course, being the 16 that I put in, are all correct. Matt, it looks like you have 14 of 16 correct by my count. <laughs> um, well, when I saw yeah. this story, I, college football was what like immediately came to my head because yeah. because that's what we're all bracing for, right? And that's kind of what the playoff is is like their well, own thing. Well, in the landscape of like European soccer, is always I've always kind of seen it like college football, how it's like each each country is kind of one of the power five conferences, you know, like Spain and Italy and Germany and, and England. So it's it's kind of always kind of felt like, and so you got like the hierarchy within those conferences. But I think the argument, you know, is obviously about money, and it's that some of these Champions League, you know, it's it's all of Europe. So when you're you're playing a team from yeah, Real Madrid playing teams from Serbia or, you know, Turkey and things like that. And the, it doesn't do the ratings that when Real Madrid is facing Manchester United in, in Champions League or Manchester City or Juventus or something like that. And so college football felt like the perfect sport to compare it to because there's just kind of so many of those haves and have nots in college football, for, for lack of a better term. There's just there's so there's so few legitimate like contenders year in and year out. So it's. Like, if you get a top 16, it's like, yeah, it would destroy the entire sport. You know, it's like none of the other teams are really playing for anything. But that specific league would be amazing to watch. You know, it's like it would just be you'd get all the best games you'd want to get. You'd want to see all the time. But it's just how do you determine that? You know, you go by present kind of how good the teams are right now is obviously what's going to make the biggest difference. But it's also about money and resources and all that. So, you want to you give your not going anywhere. Or... That's the other part of it too. Like all the cream, like the Real Madrids, the the Liverpools, the Manchester Uniteds, the Man Cities. Like they're not going anywhere. Like those. Well, then as soon yeah. as you're in that top league too, it's it like perception is reality. Yeah. It's like now now you're in that league that's gonna have the whatever huge TV contracts. Now you are. You went from just having like an advantage in all of your resources and history and everything to now it's. Now you're just legitimately on a whole nother level than anyone else. So yeah, now you're definitely going to get all the best players. And so that's, and that's kind of how college football is set up too. You know, it's like, there's no salary cap. It's just, you just recruit and get the best players you can. And those best teams, like we've seen always tend to, to get that best talent. So I'll start my list. I think we both agreed on these 14. I'll just uh, start off Alabama, Auburn, Clemson, Florida, Georgia, LSU, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Oregon, Penn State, Texas, Texas A&M, and USC. But we differ on a couple. Yes. I I have Florida State Mm -hmm. and Michigan, while you have Washington and Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. So explain, explain yourself here. So Wisconsin is basically, like, I, you can even make the case that Wisconsin belongs above Penn State at this point. Um... Wisconsin is just a quiet powerhouse. Like they're the quiet powerhouse that like <laughs> Michigan gets all the love, but Wisconsin's a better program. They've been a better program for a long time. Um, I think there's more potential for Wisconsin to get in these playoff games than Michigan. I think we'll see what happens to our guy Graham Mertz this year. <laughs> um, the rough freshman year for him, but like doing it with what they have, and they're just kind of stable. They're just a stable giant that we expect to go ten and two, eleven and one most years i think they belong in that category and they're like they're just like they are just there they're etched in they're kind of like oregon where i'm like i'm not sure if they'll ever get a national title but i think they'll always be in that top three in the big 10 and the big 10 is just um one of the bigger conferences and i think the pac-12 even though i do have three pac-12 schools on my list i think it's just hard not to include them in a college football super league because they're just they they've been a top 16 program for 
my basically what my entire life. Like I don't know That's... how you don't put Wisconsin in there for me. And then Washington, they were in the playoff. Like we forgot what Chris Peterson was doing there. We forgot that just they look good down the stretch. Like they just got a five star quarterback. They have a great defense. I yeah. think. I think they're just Michigan State was in the playoff too, and it... Michigan State. I don't State, know if that I think you can make Washington I... and. Michigan State's tough. I think if you're going to put Wisconsin, I think the Michigan State-Michigan argument's more fascinating to me than Wisconsin because I think Wisconsin's a simple. And also, Iowa, I think, is a better case than Michigan and Michigan State, too. Like, I would actually probably well, put you Iowa think it's not, it's not just current form, though. It's like, no, it's, no, no, it's, no, but I'm saying if you part. want a Super League, if you want to look at the creme de la creme, the way I look at it is just like the 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 Liverpools where they kind of break through where they're they're just not the Man Cities but the the hard nose just get just win games and I understand Liverpool has a lot of success as of late that wasn't the case for most of Liverpool's run um, Tottenham's been mostly a dumpster fire I guess so maybe they're like the what is Tottenham like I saw them compared to the Jets the other day but like what what would you compare them to are they like the the cultural equivalent of Michigan kind of where everyone keeps or Notre uh, Dame no, because I don't feel like they have that much tradition. I almost mm. feel like uh, they they feel more like a, 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 an Oregon or a Penn okay. State, maybe because because they are they were like really good there. They may have won the league a, a few years back. I think they had a really good stretch there. But I think Arsenal is kind of one of those teams that's like their tradition is better than they've been. Like Arsenal might be more of a Michigan like. They're one of like the best in the history, but the last I don't know five ten years, it's like kind of not what they once were. But without getting on the Premier League talk, but um, I just I, I don't know how you include three Pac-12 teams because if we're including like the the cream of the Here's crop the college East Coast football bias coming out, you just Matt Green, you just Mr. can't include East three Coast bias. Teams. I feel like Oregon, honestly, when you're talking tradition, like Oregon is is generous, but I feel like Oregon is that second, like so that we're covering all the 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 markets essentially. Like, get, give us the, give them the two teams on the West Coast, but it's like Pac-12 football just hasn't been that entertaining. It's like that's almost what you're trying to get rid of if you were going to do a super league. It's like you're 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 trying to get rid of the watered down leagues. It's like. So many of the best teams are down in the southeast with how loaded the state of Florida is. I feel like you it's a crime to have one school in the in the in the state of Florida. You know, it's like that's that's the the hotbed for college football talent. It's like I would, I would almost include Miami in uh, getting in here with Florida State in Florida. Like, like they're, they're which one, which team has won missed. a national title more recently? The Washington Huskies or the Georgia Bulldogs? Oh man, that's uh the Washington Huskies. I was at ninety one, mm-hmm. I think. There's a lot of teams that have won a title since Georgia, but uh, that's not that's not the uh, the exact purpose of what we're saying here. And also, you didn't include Michigan, and Michigan no. is what first all time in wins. Like, yes, that's not fair. I don't I don't like that. Michigan is just like <sighs> that. That means something though. Like, they're Washington the, was in the playoff in twenty sixteen. Yeah, they can def- Michigan beat Ohio State once. Washington beats Oregon. Washington beats USC. Yeah, but Washington is not the brand that Michigan is. Like, I, I just, think they're a better brand. Oh, I don't know how you could say that. I think Michigan is just one of those, like, yeah, current form, they're not there. But it's like you couldn't have this Super League and not have the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry. They're 60-47-5 like, and 47 and five all-time against Oregon. What is Michigan's record all-time against Ohio State? Uh, it's probably pretty good, right? I you mean, so? they for like a hundred years the last uh, 20 years uh, what do you think it is oh the last 20 i bet they've yeah. won like three also jake browning orn moon all kinds of great players coming out of, to, uh, of uh, hey I, I i'm not here to hate on the huskies all right that's what they, it sounds uh, like marcus to sopo quali- just not a, to a sopo quality guy. players to yasa sopo that's a that's a <laughs> nice name crap i mean i just i i guess i'm very pro huskies and i i think usc has to be there but usc just annoys me i think michigan is like i don't know i I just i want to give i want to throw a bone i guess to iowa and wisconsin and teams like that who actually have earned it and deserve i'm with you wisconsin is a tough one wisconsin's right there but i mean if if you're deciding between michigan and wisconsin it's just it's not even really close i'm just kind of ron dane anthony like what i mean jonathan taylor you got all kinds of dudes I mean, Melvin Gordon. Melvin oh, Gordon, hey, Wisconsin, yeah. Like, they're a quality. better program. J.J. Watt, they've been solid. Yeah. But Russell Wilson? Mich- 
Michigan, Michigan's got it's you know what it is. It's like something you can't explain. It's like if you're if you're if the NFL was branching off and doing some kind of super league, it's like the Dallas Cowboys are going to be in that league, whether they deserve to be in it or not. That's just kind of how it works, you know. Like Michigan is is one of those brands. Also, the, Ohio State's fifty two, forty seven, and four yeah. all time. So a slight lead, and they got. Shoot, what is that? I'm sh- yeah, what is it we're the last basically 20? right. The last <laughs> twenty, it's it looks like one win. How yeah. many is that? You can keep talking. Oh, I count this. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Like that's the whole thing. It's like they're just not. It's just they're not the creme de la creme. And at least Wisconsin does stuff. At least Wisconsin goes to Rose Bowls. At least Wisconsin puts out premier NFL talent. At least Wisconsin does what they're supposed to do all the time. I was correct. Three of the last twenty. So yikes! Wow. Two and seventeen in the last nineteen. That's what I'm saying. It's not even a rivalry. It's like George Georgia Tech. Like that's is not a real thing. It is, but oh, uh, Michigan's been way more respectable than Georgia Tech. Like they've been ranked, you know, over half of those years. Like even top ten a couple of couple of times they've played. So Michigan is it's not terrible. They're just they're de- they're really down for Michigan. You know, it's like there was only a couple years ago they were playing in the uh, Orange Bowl against Florida State. Like. They were they were like top five before they got upset like right at the end of the year you know like I think Michigan is if you're doing the Super League they're just such a big brand I think you you have to include them I I honestly I would include I would take out Penn State before I would take out Michigan like I think Penn State is well, I think Penn State has a path to a national title like I think if they get the right quarterback in there I think there's a path to Penn State and where Franklin is and where this program is and where the resources are. Or like Penn State can get there. I think there's. Oh a- yeah, but just in terms of like putting them in like this, this top level of like the top sixteen. Like I think you have a better argument of putting Wisconsin over Penn State. Yes, than I would. Uh, over I Michigan. guess that's probably true. Yeah. And the whole like history of Penn State. It's like you know what. Uh, you're on the border. You're you're off the field actions. Uh, that they cost you. Sorry. That's fair too. That's fair too. <laughs> um. The other list, uh, your list, you put in Florida State. We haven't talked about them yet. Why did you put Florida State in? A program that I just, they're like a worse case than than Michigan, I guess. Of just like, remember this team? They were good in the 90s. Um, I guess you can have the Jimbo year. That's great. Like the Jameis yeah, year. But, yeah, the, exactly. The Jimbo years were not far those are we're not far removed from those. that's true it's like two two straight a national title and a college football playoff appearance like and i just feel like like the state of florida is just loaded with talent like if you're really doing yeah. a college football you know super league like you have to have more than one team in the state of florida like that's I why i had the same exact thought too, and i had like, one and i didn't like it and i was just like i was tempted to put miami in there because i was just like miami's in a better position miami's gonna be in a better position for the next couple of years um, and kind of geographical, like go all the way to the the edge. Uh, I also almost feel like Miami seemed good for that reason, but it's like I don't know. Like you, Jake you just don't need two heads already. You don't need two teams in the Pacific Northwest. That's what it comes down to. Oh, it's like, that's you, what it like, is. You either go Oregon or you go Washington. Like honestly, Washington probably has more history than Oregon, but like Oregon's way cooler than Washington. Like everybody knows it. It's like they got the Nike thing going on for them. Oregon's Oregon's in this league. Without a doubt, a Nike Nike probably like wouldn't wouldn't support any of these teams if they didn't put Oregon in the uh, in the league. That's fair. Um, hmm. Well, I think this would be a fun. Like, it would be. I mean, I'm saying this would be a fun. Like, it's like we already have this. This is the playoff. Like, this is the the groups. Like, we'll be interchanging these teams with a couple of them being out. But like, this is it. There's no path. Yeah, what, to- if we if we had a 16 team playoff, sorry to interrupt you. It, like, this would be incredible. Like, it would kind of taint the regular season a little bit. Obviously, like games wouldn't be nearly as important. But the actual end of it, it would be incredible. One thing I thought was interesting. You're you're hating on Michigan hard, but you're not bringing that same energy at Texas. In Texas, well, is another thing about Texas, they're an Texas. easy fix. They beat Oklahoma recently. They beat Oklahoma when they can. They just do dumb shit. Like Texas loses to Kansas. Like Texas is the dumbest program. Like they should be Alabama. There is no excuse for Texas not being Alabama. There's no yeah, without a doubt. But also, we both put Texas A&M. Just no thought about it. But they're kind of, they're really just kind of at the moment. 
they just feel like a good program. They have like a lot of resources in the SEC, but they really they're not gigantic really field. Close. I think is a big thing. Like how yeah, they're not really close is. to any of these other team to most of these other teams when it comes to like actual tradition and kind of how much they've been a contender over the last you know decade. Plus. Well, who could forget that uh, Dennis Franchoni screen cap when they were down like 75 to nothing to Oklahoma? Who for, who can forget that? <laughs> Do you remember that? I don't remember that. I need to think that. <laughs> it's the best screen grab. It's like Texas A&M down. Oh, what is 75 that? 75-0? Yeah, it was something crazy. Uh, let me pull it up. Anyway, but back to what you were saying about them. But yeah, Texas A&M. Oh, it's seventy-seven to zero. I'm gonna send it to you. Seventy-seven zero. Yeah. Wow, is that like uh, is that like oh three oh four ish? Probably. I, I remember it, there. Oklahoma being a game was number where, one in the country. That yeah, it's oh three. Remember there been a game where people kind of talking shit about Oklahoma, like having their starters and like getting like pick sixes and like fumble recoveries up like sixty seventy nothing or something. Yeah, I just sent it to you. It. I think the picture's in there. Just scrolled. Yeah the pictures there but it's um it's one of my favorite pictures it's almost like the the tie pictures from lake forest and virginia tech when frank beamer's like raising his arms in victory when it's zero zero had end overtime <laughs> that is that is a classic i live no context college football yes uh but yeah i i i thought the the also neither one of us have mentioned nebraska is it just no is it what it's over for nebraska yeah it's over like nebraska it's, it's all over, over. Yeah, it's even like, though they sell out the stadium every every game, they like they they want to be it. They feel like the the AC Milan or something, you know, mm. just like the, the old tradition. They really care. They're just not really that good anymore. There's just no path. Like there's no talent. Like there's no talent in the state of Nebraska to like. Hey, if you if they were in a 16 team Super League, they'd be right back in it. They'd I be guess. getting talent again. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true, and I, that's the whole peel outside of him being a local guy is just like scott frost dipping back into florida coming from ucf to get the florida recruits to nebraska but like hasn't worked um and it's all about tv markets and stuff like that too like if they really did this so it's like you just at the end of the day you just probably don't really need nebraska that much it's like oh we got we got michigan ohio state notre dame uh, oklahoma and texas i think we're good on you guys but this is why the this whole format sucks is that like I don't want to hate on Michigan and Michigan State and Iowa and Nebraska and M because I'm like I enjoy all of them like their fan bases are rabid they're passionate like they're really good programs or they're they have a proud history like I want them all to be interesting and I want them all to to thrive because I think it makes college football more interesting and this is where you and I differ is that like I'm pretty anti playoff and I think part of what this does is just like we focus too much on these few teams um and i care more about like oh what is nebraska doing this weekend like nebraska what they'll be doing against michigan like that that interests me like i don't care that neither of them have a shot at the playoff like i'm interested in seeing what those two fan bases go at it like nebraska their fan base versus michigan's rabid fan base and just seeing what those two look like and you know, I, I just I care about the random Saturdays. I like just tuning in and seeing them. I don't care that they're going to go eight and four. Nebraska might go five and seven and fi- fire Scott Frost some point this season. Like, I, I don't really care. I don't. I, I don't See, want this. That. Is this is where I actually I think expanding the playoff would oh, help what you're saying. No, hear me out. Like, if there was a 16 team playoff, like I was actually having this conversation literally today with my brother. Like. You said, I don't want to hate these teams. Like, I don't want to hate Nebraska. I don't want to hate Michigan and stuff. Like, that's how college football has, like, taught us to be. Like, everyone hates everyone. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you look at college basketball, like, nobody hates anyone in college basketball. Like, you hear, like, Jay Billis. You no, hear these analysts. Duke. You hear and these Kentucky. analysts. Well, yeah, everyone hates Duke. But you hear these analysts talk about teams. It's like there's no gripe about, like, oh, you know, they got picked – to go to the Rose Bowl over us in 1983, and they then they were ranked number one at the end of the season. I've been salty about them ever since. Like these college football like beefs like last forever because it's like you have to be perfect. And you just remember these polls years ago. It's like college basketball analysts are just like, oh yeah, this is this is a great team. They they move the ball. They play great defense. It's like you just everyone just accepts the what happens in the tournament, and so it's like you just. 
no one's having to like argue about oh they're better they're better campaign for whoever it's just it, it's all decided on the on the court and so everyone it's just it seems like a more logical more friendly like just sport in general and also coaches last like i don't remember who i was watching it was Gonzaga versus somebody late in the in the tournament is like Mark Few's like 21st year at Gonzaga and this dude's 18th year in, at wherever and it's like his first final four and it's like that could never happen in college football because you don't make a playoff in five years they fire you so it's like if we have a 16 team playoff and you're at this school like like you say like a Nebraska or maybe even like a uh a Michigan State or Washington you know one of these kind of teams Oklahoma State and you've just made the playoff a couple times, like, well, yeah, now I know my coach is, like, a solid coach. He's got, like, a, some tangible evidence. Like, teams, you know, they they make the tournament. They make a couple runs to the Final Four. They make a run to the Sweet 16 one year, and there's, like, a good feeling to end the season on. Like, if you're just anyone in college football, especially in the SEC, it's like, oh, yeah, great season, and you lose to Alabama. Like, cool. Well, you're still going to lose to Alabama. And it's like everyone – honestly, Saban has probably destroyed the SEC in that way because everyone in the last five to six years has had to fire their coach so they can hopefully get someone to beat Alabama. Whereas if you had a playoff and and Georgia maybe you know was a, a 12 seed in the playoff and they made a run to the final four or at least the to the quarterfinals, it's like it, it makes the season feel better and then makes more teams – feel like they had a successful season and they don't have to just fire the coach because they didn't win the conference or they didn't win the national championship. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm all for expanding the playoffs. More inclusive. What if it was not about the playoff, but it was more about the friends we made along the way? <laughs> well said. Well said. But do you, I feel like that's I feel like that's legit. If you, you had some tangible no, results. No, I don't want year. any of this. I just want – because the fun part about the college football season is waking up on Saturday, or Sunday mornings and reading the AP Top 25 and reading how teams did and, like, seeing what Kansas State did against Oklahoma or seeing, like – I just enjoy the the ride. I enjoy the, the ride from week zero to week 13. I enjoy all of that. When I look like the saddest part of the season is always the title games and the playoff and the champion. Like bowl season <laughs> used to be amazing. Like I loved bowl season because it's just like they're all there. Everything is nice and neat, and they're all just happy to be there. And it's cool matchups bowl, that we don't get to see all season. And you know, but now like, these great matchups we're getting to see, like Oklahoma and Florida, the game means nothing. Well, because it doesn't mean nothing if you get rid of the playoff. Key, half the key players, but I think if you go to eight teams or you even go to sixteen, it's like. Now you're seeing these matchups. Well, then just cancel bowl season. Then what are we doing? Mean something. Then we got, but keep the bowl season for you. Guys still got the NIT. Keep it. I mean, honestly, go the, the NIT. NIT. That's what we're doing to bowl season. Bowl but season was fine. That's bowl all season it is was anyway. What is the what is the craft fight hunger bowl? Like what? Yeah, is I it love really? that. Like, yeah, keep playing it. Like you guys keep doing your thing. Like no one really the same number of people that care about the craft fight hunger bowl now will still care about it. After I disagree. You expand the I think part of the fun part was like doing the like my family pool of just bowl season isn't as fun as it used to be because of the playoff part of it. And like these bowl these playoff games suck. They really really suck. And, and it's probably because we don't know we're not getting the right top four. Like that's probably part of it. It's like. If you expand but it Matt, to eight, there's no path the to chance. Clemson, Bama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Auburn, I guess, LSU, Ohio State, Oregon, and the group like and a couple other ones, maybe Texas A&M, of falling out of that just never-ending cycle. Like they're gonna get through the gauntlet. Like it doesn't matter if you include a Cincinnati or whoever. Like they might beat one of them, then they're fucking getting steamrolled the next game like they're not making but i don't even it's not even about including cincinnati it's like for like this year like florida lost to obviously lost like to a&m and alabama and then lost to lsu and oklahoma at the end but obviously the lsu upset was kind of weird but the the oklahoma loss essentially meant nothing like the, the none of their key players were playing it's like for all we know last year, Florida was like the second or third best team in the country. Like we really don't know. If we played it out on the field, like that possibly could have happened. Like maybe, you know, Notre Dame wasn't really one of the top four teams and we would have had a better final four had we started at 16 and made those teams earn all the way to the quarterfinals and the semifinals instead of just... But then people get mad at Notre Dame. Like they won all their games. What are they supposed to do? 
Exactly. I mean, exactly. That's why Cincinnati won all their games, but you just don't think they're that good. But Notre Dame won all. Well, they didn't beat since they didn't beat the rematch with Clemson. But no, but I'm saying they won all the regular season games. They won them all. Like, what are they supposed to do? Oh, of course, but they just got. They're not. They just don't get blasted in the conference. That's not their fault. It is their fault. No, they it's lost to a superior it. program. They did lose to a superior program. I'm not hating on. I'm not singling out Notre Dame. I'm just saying maybe they weren't one of the four best teams last year. Maybe that's why we got a bad first round game. Instead of if this this tournament worked itself out, that someone actually was better than them. Like that's like usually those games in the conference championships and the in the divisional round in the NFL. Like those are better and better games because we're getting the best and best teams, and it's like we're we're assuring that we're getting the best teams in the end, you know? So I, I think instead of just kind of all playing like two overlapping teams in a 12 game schedule, like, and then just kind of trying to figure out some of them teams are playing no overlapping teams and then just trying to all vote and who we think's the best. It's like, it's clearly not worked because we've gotten a lot of bad games in the semifinals. Like Georgia, Oklahoma, that's honestly one of the only good games that the semifinals have had in, in the college football playoff era. And, and uh, Clemson, Ohio State was a really good, good one too. But there's like two good games out of like, I don't know, 20. And maybe it's because the top four is wrong. Not that we don't need a playoff. That's, that's my only point. And I just think if you had a tangible like, oh, we made a run in the tournament this year – it's like, okay, we can hold on to this. We can hold on to coaches for 8 to 12 to 15 years because they're good coaches. And that we don't have to fire them after five or six years because they haven't made a playoff yet. They haven't won a national title. It's like it's kind of a it's kind of a ridiculous standard to hold a coach to when he might be one of the good coaches. He just sometimes you're in a sometimes you're in a loaded conference. And we never know the conference arguments because those just change year in and year out. Like for years it was the Big 12 didn't play any defense. It's like, oh, well, that's because their offense is just so good. And now the Big 12's defenses were really good. But now people are saying, well, no, it's the SEC offenses that are really good. The Big 12 offenses were trash last year. It's just the argument's always changing to just fit whatever someone wants to say. So if we just if we just decided on the field, just no one would argue anymore. And we'd also get to see these awesome matchups that we want to see in both. Have you met season. college football fans? That's what college football fans They're going to argue the, about it. They're, they're going to find new things to team. argue about. Oh, they'll argue about it, but they'll just be so much more satisfied with the result that they'll just be, oh, and the sport will just be so much better if you had a 16-team playoff. I think they're going to be satisfied. I think they're going to be, what the conversation will turn into is that, like, the injuries. Because if you do the 16 and you add this, you add a 16-player format, like, Lawrence is going to get hurt one of these years. Like, Fields is going to get hurt playing well, I mean, giving it their all I mean, that, that, that those kind of things happen but just looking at this like these field of teams it's like georgia has played hasn't has played i think i played ohio state in like 1982 they have not played michigan in my life that i can think of off the top of my head like played notre dame twice you know like they've played oklahoma one time they haven't played oregon like georgia hasn't played any of these teams so like to see a playoff, a bigger playoff, where you're actually getting to see competitive matchups between these teams, oh, it'd be incredible, man! Can we just like spruce up the SEC schedule? How about that? That's I. That's feel. I think that's what people are trying to do now. Yeah, we don't uh, rotate enough. They're. I agree. They. That, hey, that can be a whole other conversation for a whole other show. Honestly, my my idea. It's not my original idea, but for the how they need to rotate, how they need to change the rotation of the SEC schedule. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's crazy. It we don't need to be perfect. doing Tennessee, Alabama every year. It's a waste of time. I mean, you gotta have those couple rivalries. No, you don't. Lock. There's probably like three, three or four that you gotta lock in every year. Like yeah, Georgia's gotta play Auburn. Georgia's gotta play Florida every year. Georgia's gotta play, you know, probably Tennessee. But you would play everybody and like. Well, you gotta play everybody in your own division. Like but I'm saying outside, like you should be able to. Like Mississippi State fans literally have not played certain SEC teams in like forever forever like some people just grow up just never playing them on the schedule it's got to be annoying yeah without a doubt so and and it well it didn't change it did, wasn't like that until they expanded in 2012 so it, it used to be like you would go through everyone to play everyone twice in like a four-year span it's That's like then we, we were all in the same conference it's like now you don't play anyone in the sec what it takes you like 12 years to go through this rotation it's like it's we're basically not in the same conference yeah I don't like it. 
Um, Matt Green, do you want to do some news before we do some CFB trivia? Uh, let's let's get to the news. Heinz Ward, uh, UGA legend Heinz Ward, uh, joining Willie Taggart staff at FAU. That's a big time. I'm seeing a, a lot of these these uh, football players from from my childhood, from my generation, uh, joining staffs. I don't know if it's uh it's making me feel old. Yeah, I was. I'm kind of bummed out that Deion Sanders' staff was not as like insane as it was when it was first leaked. Remember that like to wide receiver coach and everything. That was something I was very excited about. Like a super team of ex NFL stars on Deion staff would have been incredible at Jackson State. Also, can we go ahead and say that like can we just go ahead and say Matt that like you and I were on this where like <laughs> I saw something I, I forget was it the Ringer or somebody else had this piece a few months back where it was like the spring FCS season is about to be your favorite thing you didn't know is going to be your favorite thing. Who is watching any of this? I I'm I'm a I like to consider myself a huge college football fan yes. and I haven't even like considered watching it honestly I'm just like I don't know I'm just I'm I'm a I'm a creature of habit and in March and April I uh I'm keeping up with the NBA and and ba- and the Braves now so I don't know I just I'm it not, didn't I'm work. This was a waste of time. Right I cannot believe they allowed this to happen. And these kids are going to have to come back in a couple of months. Like, Kennesaw's playing at Georgia Tech this fall. That's true. Like, what are we doing? This is insane that they're going to play a f- two, basically two college football seasons in one year. Like, it's just, that's insane. Um, just Before to Before we move in. on to Heinz Ward, mm. it, is Heinz Ward a Hall of Famer? Because all this talk about Julian Elman, Hall of Famer, and after he I think retired. Edelman's got a better case than Heinz, but... Oh, no chance. I don't think either of them belong, I guess. Probably not, no. I think Heinz Ward would definitely be closer, way closer, honestly, Mm, than than, uh, Julian Bias there. Um, I think you should look up some numbers. I think Heinz Ward's got way more, like, 1,000-yard seasons. I was always more of a San Antonio Holmes guy myself. Heinz Ward was never, like, one of the best. I don't know if he is a Hall of Famer. He was never, like, one of the best receivers in the league. He was just, like, always, like one of the better receivers in the league. Is Antonio like, Brown a Hall of Famer? Uh, I don't know if he had an... He was way better than Heinz Ward, but I don't know if he had, like, a long enough, like, I don't know, stretch of being elite. Like, how 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 many yeah, years... Yeah, it's all like, arbitrary. Like, like, how do we look at this? Like, it, everyone's Hall of Fame argument is just different. They're like, oh, you had to do it this amount of time. It's like, what? Is Frank Gore a Hall of Famer for just being in the Once league forever? People- honestly kind of <laughs> like i feel like frank gore has kind of earned himself like once you get like top five all time like longevity kind of but that's just attrition that's all it is it's like congratulations on being healthy and that's i mean that's true i mean hank aaron is kind of like he was never like he was very rarely like a very short period of time was like one of the best players in the league he just was like it was just kind of incredible that he was good until he was like 43 he just yeah. keep kept hitting 40 bombs like and it helped him being a great person that was also a good of course but i just people were having the edelman conversation yeah. and then they started t- looking at receivers that like weren't in the hall of fame like steve smith and tory holt and Tory Isaac holt Bruce absolutely and belongs like i don't know if like, Isaac bruce does but tory holt was a was like anquan bolden or somebody mm, it's like Bolden's all those interesting. Guys. And all those guys are better than Julian Edelman. Even Heinz Ward, like, I feel like Edelman's got no shot. I still remember Bolden, at quarterback for Florida State. Was that the Sugar Bowl? I was. Yeah, yeah I think Chris Ricks was, like, academically ineligible or yeah, something. so they had to start Bolden? Yeah. Bolden was a player. That dude was just an athlete. Um, he was. He was a beast. Were you more of a Brock Berlin or Chris Ricks guy? <laughs> I'm neither. Those are two of the lamest quarterbacks of that. Definitely Brock Berlin over over Chris Ricks, though. What Chris about Robert Ricks. Marve. Robert Mar. I don't even remember. Marve. What was it? Robert Marv. What was it Miami? Yeah, and then he transferred to Purdue. Oh, that's he looked cool. That, that's too. What about Ken Dorsey? Mm. Ken Dorsey at least looked cool. Ken Dorsey looked cool. Ken Dorsey, he won some games. Yeah, the the uh, the big face mask on the skinny guy. I was always, I don't know, Adrian McPherson. Shout out to him. Adrian McPherson. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just name some ex-Florida uh, legend quarterbacks. Um, 
by oh, Petrino. Well, EJ Manuel. Okay, EJ Manuel. Um, by Petrino, Missouri Valley Coach of the Year. Couldn't happen for a better guy. By Petrino. Congratulations. You big Bobby Petrino guy? I just, you know what's the the sick part of me, Matt Green, is I just, I love a good villain in college football, and, like, he's he's a garbage person, but Duke can coach. Like, is he it, still it badly is Western at, well, Kentucky? No, he's at uh, Missouri State, I think. Oh, man. But, like, if you're telling me, like, I would love to see Petrino at uh, I don't know. He's just like overqualified for where he's at. So, I, but he's also just not good enough. I think anymore to win in a power five school. So I want him to be at like some group of five school where he can just like experiment. Well, he's definitely good enough to win somewhere. It's just like no one. Well, no, no it, one it wants, ended badly. No one wants at, his total package. Like, like no one. At Louisville. It ended. I mean, badly. that's fair. But I feel like if he, he could go to like you know, some like a South Carolina or something. Yeah, South Carolina is a tough job, but. Yeah. There's there's plenty of te- places he could go, you know, like Arkansas is obviously where he was, but like just a no, I want him at Idaho, where Idaho is FBS independent, and he just goes ham. I want him at Iowa or Iowa, Idaho. I want him. I think his brother was actually at Idaho for a while, um, and then they just go down. Idaho's back to F- FCS, right? Oh, is that right? Yeah, the Vandals. Sure the Vandals. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're not FBS now. Oh man. Um, Joey Gatewood, uh, per 247, is considered the favorite to win the UK quarterback job, beating out Bo Allen this spring, looking better. Um, they wrapped up their spring practice last week. Um, what do you make of Joey Gatewood being under center under this new Liam Cohen NFL-friendly offense for the Wildcats this fall? Uh, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it mm. uh, about Kentucky's offense. I just... Gatewood's got a lot of skills, but I don't know. I just they I give feel you like, problems. They I give your like dogs he's been problems. Around. I feel like, say that again. They give your dogs problems. Georgia was a uh, Georgia was going through a little bit in that uh, in that midseason, but the offense the offense didn't do anything. No, so I uh, I don't know. It's just it's hard for it's hard for me to get too excited about Joey Gatewood. I feel like we kind of we we've seen he's been around for a while now. Like maybe maybe he can be solid, you know, if they figure out, you know, a way to a way to use his skill set. But I, I I don't I don't think I'd be too too excited if I was a Kentucky fan about the offense this year. Speaking about not being too excited, Joe Milton uh looks like he's gonna be a Tennessee volunteer the Vols expand their quarterback room to include Harrison Bailey. Brian This Mowell. has gotta be a good thing, right? Yeah, it's not bad. Like Milton stinks, but like it it's fine. It's another depth I- piece. I feel like he's got potential. I think, yeah, that was the problem. I think that's why Michigan fans were losing their mind. It's just this potential and it's rocket arm. It's like, well, you eventually got to do other stuff than just have the rocket arm. Like, you eventually got to do something else. And uh, I don't know. Like, he's a good depth guy. Like, I'm not mad about him being the number four guy, but I don't think he's in play for uh, first team. I think it's down to, I don't know. I shouldn't even say that. I shouldn't say who it's down to. And I'll see, I'll report back next week after the orange and white game on Saturday. But, um, I, I don't know. The the UT quarterback battle is just going to be wild. And I'm more concerned that UT is not going to ask me to play linebacker for them this fall. That's a bigger <laughs> concern. It seems like he's another solid name to, to throw into the into the ring. He can't hurt. If can't nothing, hurt. give these uh, give Harrison Bailey uh, some more competition. Is he the favorite, Harrison Bailey, or is... Uh, There's not a favorite. Mauer. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Brian Mauer. There's not a favorite. Like, I don't think there's a favorite right now. Like they're all getting first team reps, and it's they're it's all pretty equal opportunity right now. I don't think you're a favorite. This is gonna be a uh, winter SEC media days, man. Man, I'm uh, I get excited for the college football season. We're still a ways away from that. I'll say it's still it's still talking season. Let's just well, I mean the dead period ends in a little over a month, so we'll have people back on campus. Oh yeah, later. Um, Dylan Morris out in front at Washington. You know you got the Hewer kid coming in there, but Dylan Morris is impressed this spring up at u dub um i don't know washington quite went three and one everyone talks all about arizona state i'm reading a lot of offseason arizona state hype winning the pac-12 next year a lot of hype about usc obviously i just i look at this washington team what they did last year and i'm like nah washington's the favorite 
I, I really like this group. Morris is locked in there. When did this become a uh, Washington Huskies podcast? What a, did I miss something? What's going on here? I just don't think they get any respect. Like they're they're <laughs> a great defense every single year. They're recruiting at a pretty solid level. Like Jimmy Lake's fine. Like I think they're gonna be all right. Washington's the cream. Of the, like I think Washington has a better case of being the best power like Pac-12 program in the last six years. They no one's treated like they don't. They are not treated like that. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, I feel like I'd still have to take Oregon. No, last six. This it does. Oregon does have some bad years in there, but what I mean, Washington. That's that's fair. Washington they, never uh, had a Willie Taggart year, a Mark Helfrich that's, year. That's true. I guess that's just how bad the Pac-12's been. Is that's that, what I'm saying. That's Washington's been their best the cream of that or... crop. Like I, I don't think they get any respect. It's because they're not fun. Like you watch a Washington game and you want to gouge your eyes out. Like they're yeah. they're a tough watch. And it's like USC's been good, what, like twice in the last six years? But yeah. they've seemed fun when they've been good. Yes. So they just feel better than Washington does. Yes. Um, Crouch, former linebacker at UT, one of several in the portal or just all kinds of drama there. He is the favorite uh, to go to Michigan State um, over the summer and enroll there and be their leader of that Michigan State Mel Tucker defense, your old friend Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker's doing some work in the portal. Uh, he's recruiting pretty hard. They got a Jay Johnson, his OC, doing some good work on a four-star out of California they're looking at. So we'll see what happens there. But, uh, yeah, Michigan State, we'll, we'll see what happens with Mel. He went, This is a real season for him because he started so late in East Lansing, <laughs> taking that job really late in the, the offseason last year. Um, he seems like a good dude. So, Al- What do you think about that? You think Michigan State's definitely a better job than Colorado? Yes. That's it. Seemed like an interesting move. I mean, I, I guess I don't know what the money was. Maybe Michigan it was a lot more money. Paid he literally kept saying no, and they kept offering him more. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Um. Did had you a pretty Florida? great Michigan. Had a pretty great Michigan State dynasty on the uh, NCAA football <laughs> video game years ago. It was a. Uh, it was. It was legendary. Who could forget? Um. <laughs> the University of Florida. They started spring practice early, Matt Green. And they got more practice than anybody else. Were you keeping up with this? Like they elected to yeah, start a little bit early, week? or did they? I imagine they still have a limited number of of practices they can. I think they, they just got do. it in, and they got some more rest. Like the way the calendar worked out is they uh, they got a lot more installs and got some stuff done, and were able to get a lot more film on tape before everybody else. Like I don't know. It seems like Florida's kind of ahead of schedule and in getting their installs or the differences with Emory Jones because it's going to be very different with what they run. This year with Emory versus Kyle Trask. I don't know. I think it's interesting that Florida kind of operated like, hey, we need to get this moving. we got to get get people in and out quicker than everybody else. Yeah, I think it's interesting. And um, especially because it's going gonna, it's gonna to have to be a completely different offense with Emory Jones running the show. And it's this is kind of what we've seen more of Dan Mullen with a, a quarterback that can, that can move, maybe even run first. So... Uh, I'll I'll be really interested to see what Florida's offense looks like with a with a dual threat, at least a running quarterback. Hopefully for them for their sake, he is a dual threat, but we know he can run. Yeah. Um. Last thing, and we'll get into our CFB trivia. Uh, Neil Brown got a couple year extension at WVU. This was kind of a head scratcher to me. Like I like Neil Brown. He was great at Troy. I think he's solid thus far at West Virginia and Morgantown. But like. I don't know. Like, I haven't been like overly impressed with West Virginia. They're fine. Um, but he got an extension. Maybe they're just like, we're happy with the direction. We're fine. Like we're not the, we're not chasing Iowa state or Oklahoma or anything. We're just, we just, we know Neil Brown will keep us at six and six, seven and five and keep us getting those bull checks and butts and seats. But uh, I don't know. Kind of interesting to give him an extension this early on. Yeah, I would agree too. I, I think, you know, they their program was in a much better position, whatever was going on off the field with Dana Holgerson, but they at least seemed competitive year in and year out. Um, with I don't feel like I've thought that about West Virginia the last couple years. So I don't know. It seemed like strange timing. All right. Like when was his contract up? Is it just up at the end of the year? No, he, he still had several other. No, no, that's, no. He's got he had a couple other years after this one. So that's a. I feel like it's it's strange. Like I I wasn't I wasn't that impressed with West Virginia last year, but yeah, who knows? Maybe um, they know what they're doing. 
Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I mean, if history says anything, West Virginia absolutely knows what they're doing. Um, <laughs> what, uh... What what way would you like to do the college ball trivia hour, Matt Green? Well, um, I got some questions prepared for you. How many? Mm. How many you want to go? So we're doing BCS era trivia. Yes. So uh, you're a trivia so, guy. You love playing trivia, Matt. I'm all about some sports trivia. That's that's pretty much my jam. And BCS era is basically from when I was eight years old to like what is that? Twenty three years old. So that's pretty much my the prime of my sports consumption right there, you know. So uh, BCS trivia is uh, one of my passions in this world. No, but uh, it's pretty much my jam. So I uh, I got a couple questions prepared. Do you want me to go first? Do you want to ask your question? Do it. Let me go first. I don't think you're All gonna right. get this first one right. During the right. BCS era, which player set the single season sack record oh i would say that uh, my first inclination first thing that came to my mind was terrell suggs okay is that correct is that your answer that's my answer you are correct you want to guess the number he had like 24 sacks or something wasn't it 24 is correct, sir. Oh, shit. All on a roll. Let's That's go. insane. He was averaging a sack a ga- two sacks a game. That's probably, he was probably what, 02, 03, yeah. you know, the year? That man. Good God. Yeah, he was a monster. All right. Your, your question for me that I'm absolutely going to miss. Okay. The, uh, so a lot of, uh, the BCS era is where you saw the Heisman, the Heisman uh, Trophy go go off the go off the rails. First ever sophomore to win it, then a couple sophomores in a row won it. First ever freshman to win it, a couple freshmen in a row won it. So I want you, I want to know who was the last senior to win a Heisman in the BCS era that ended in 2013. Uh, Jason White. That is incorrect. Is it an Oklahoma quarterback? It is not. Oh, wait. So repeat the question one more time. So the BCS era ended 2013. Uh Uh-huh. Who was the last senior of that era to win the Heisman? Jason White wasn't a senior? He was a senior, but he wasn't the last one that did it. Oh, uh, that's what I'm... Okay. Last one. Yeah, he did it 03. Um... He was the second to last senior to do it. Mariota? Incorrect. He was actually not, not the BCS era. That's the first year of the uh, of the, the first playoff. Year, okay. Yeah. Um... I'll give you the hint. The last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, last seven Heisman winners of the BCS era were not seniors. That's what I'm saying. It's gotten younger. It used to be an older award. Um... Yeah. Man. Uh, this is going to drive me nuts. I'm going to be so mad about this. Was it? It wasn't Tebow. It was not. He was a sophomore. He was yeah. the first sophomore to win it. Uh, was it Cam? It was not. He was a junior. Damn it. I have no idea. Who was it? Troy Smith. Uh, Troy Smith. Yes. And uh, if you don't count. Reggie Bush is vacated Heisman. Troy Smith actually had the highest percentage of like first place votes. Really? Of any of any Heisman winner of huh. that era too. All right. I like it. I I I was not I forgot about Troy Smith. He was great, the Jim Trestle. Um, That's all right. Honestly, I wanted to get a question with Troy Smith in there because I feel like people forget about Troy Smith. 
the BCS team with the worst record against the FCS? Who is it? Oh, man. Um, so this is just any Power 5 team? Yes. With the worst record versus the FCS. Oh, um, first thing that comes to my mind is like Kansas. You're in the right area of the country. Mm. I don't know, Iowa State? No. Colorado. Colorado. They are 2-2 two and two since 1998. Wow, that's the worst record? That's the worst record. Oh, They're, wow. Their two losses were, this is incredible. They beat Utah State 98 and Eastern Washington in 2008. They lost to Montana State in 2006 and Cal State Sacramento in 2012. Wow. Yeah. That was, that was a tough one right there. All right, I got another one for you. Okay. Three teams that went undefeated in the BCS title game in the BCS era. LSU, Bama, Florida? Is that your answer? Final answer. Let me say that one more time. Alabama, LSU, Florida. Yeah. Two out of three. Damn it. Alabama Alabama and Florida are correct. Did LSU lose one? You're forgetting when Alabama beat Oh, they played at Alabama. They canceled each other out. Oh, damn it. Hold on. Then the answer is, um, is it Ohio State? It is not. They lost a couple there. Uh, They lost to Florida and LSU. Texas. Incorrect. They, they, They lost to Bama. Oh, that's right. They did lose to Bama. Damn it. Okay. Who is it? Florida it State? is uh, your boys on Rocky Top. Oh, that's right. 1-0. Oh, 1-0. Oh, so Alabama oh, went 3-0. Florida's 2-0. Tennessee went 1-0 in the BCS era. Everyone else that won one also. I knew it was three SEC teams. I don't know why I remember that. And then, of course, I just overlooked Tennessee because it just feels like a billion years ago. Yeah, um, where's the note? SEC went... Where where is it? Nine and two in BCS title games. Only conference that had a winning record. Hmm. Um. How many more do you got, Matt Green? I got uh, I got three more. Okay. I got two. I got two good ones. So I got I got two more. Um. Which conference has the most Heisman trophies of the BCS era? That was literally one of my questions. Was it really? That was. I feel like I phrased it weird. That was one of the ones I wasn't counting. But yeah, I actually had that that question. I just That's put it in way. here because you're biased against this conference. Um, I fr- I'm afraid I have to. I already know the answer. So, but yeah, the answer is uh, the Big Twelve. I was counting Nebraska as part of the Big Twelve, right? Yeah. Because when Eric Crouch won it, so yeah, I I saw that the Big Twelve has five of the BCS era. Yeah. So man, um, I need to uh, steal your thunder there. That was that was that was unfortunate, Matt. <laughs> um. All right, give me one. All right, I got. Is, are that all you got? I got two more. Oh no, it, we're just we're just alternating. More? All right. So um. So this is a uh, kind of a play on the last question. Mm-hmm. Uh, the teams that went undefeated in the BCS title game. There's four schools that went zero and one in BCS title games. Mm-hmm. Can you name those four? Wait, say that one more time. Four schools that went 0-1 in BCS title games. So they made one, made it one time, didn't win. Oregon went twice, didn't they? Yeah, are you going you to give you all the answers? No, no hold on. I'm going to say Oregon won. You said there are four? There's four. Uh, Oregon won. Um, let me think. Oregon won. Uh, I was going to say, Oregon is correct. Notre Dame? That is correct. 2012. Um, I'm trying to think who else went. Uh, shit. Uh, I'm thinking. I'm yeah, thinking. Tick. Uh, tick. Who am I missing? There's someone obvious that I'm missing. Um, Who's one of those weird teams that went? Uh oh and one. They only went once. Is is there we got a timer on this? Uh, we uh what conference? Who am I missing? What conference? We got two more. Um 
They're they're both in different conferences now than they were when they made the title game. That's your hint. They both were in different. They're they're both in a different conference today than they were when they made the national title, the BCS title. Nebraska. Nebraska, two thousand one. Oh, I forgot they, one they went no one. Um, they shouldn't have. I can't remember who. Oh, Miami. No. No, incorrect. Yeah, shit. Virginia Tech? Virginia Tech. Yes. 2000. That's right. All right. I'm going to give myself four for four on that one. <laughs> um, You're not going to get this one, Matt Green. Okay. I have two more, and then uh, we'll be good. Uh, Player responsible for the most touchdowns in the BCS era is who? Oh, most touchdowns. If we're including running, rushing, and yes. passing, right? I mean, it's got to be Tim Tebow, right? It's not. Wow, okay, hold on. If it's not Tim Tebow, and this is an FBS player, right? This FBS, is power, yes. Is it a Power 5 conference? It's not. Okay, that's... It's a, is it your boy Case Keenum? It is my boy Case Keenum. Were all his in the BCS, or is he after the BCS? He era? was before the BCS. I mean, uh, uh, no, he was not after the BCS. He was in the BCS era. Nah, I uh, two thousand seven to two thousand eleven, sir. Case Keenum was two thousand seven to two thousand eleven. Yes, sir. Really? Mm-hmm. Shit, I feel like man, I'm getting old, man. I thought <laughs> Case Keenum was like twenty fifteen. Yeah, no. Yeah, I guess in the league. Oh. He had 23 rushing touchdowns, which is pretty crazy to me. But he had 178 touchdowns from 07 to 2011. 178? Yep. That's uh, that's strong. Yeah. Um, Tebow have. I'll look that up. Give me yours. Oh, yeah. Um, so there's three schools in the BCS era that had a Heisman winner, but did not win a national title. Three school. Oh, Virginia Tech. Incorrect. What? Vic? Did he have one Heisman? Am I losing my mind? Vic did win the Heisman, no. Oh. Hmm. Um, oh, 2000, that would have been, um... Who's 2000? That Winky? No. Oh, yeah. Wisconsin's won. 2000 was Chris Winky. Wisconsin, Ron Dane, 1999. Yep. That is correct. Um, Oklahoma won. Uh, Michigan? Incorrect. Uh, Did Woodson Woodson win? 1997 is not the BCS era, oh, sir. Oh. Mm. That's tough. That's tough. Mm. And also, they, they won it that year, right? Or at least split it with Nebraska. Yeah. Oregon? Oregon is incorrect. Uh, what's his name? Mariota, that's the year after the BCS that's year. That's the year after. That's right. Okay. We're on the you're, edge. It's hard to You're right on the of... edge of the BCS year. See, I'm a BCS era guy. Yeah. You're you're on the edge. Uh, Boise State? Incorrect. They don't have a Heisman winner. That's Come on. True. I'm just throwing Kellamore out there. You're, you're, like... just throwing, you're just throwing things out there. I'm I mean, just thinking. Oh. Because there's so many Bama and Oklahoma guys. I'm trying to think of like, and USC yeah, and guys. Florida State and yeah. Florida, but all of them have championships. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm trying to think. Uh, who am I missing? There's someone obvious. Oh, Louisville? Uh, that's not BCS era. Damn it. Uh, shit. I, I don't know. I, I'm going to be so mad that I don't know this. Uh, no. Oh, Baylor. Baylor, that is correct. Yes. RG three two thousand eleven. Uh, and there, how many more do, is there? There's just one more. What conference? Uh, SEC. SEC. Uh, it's not Georgia. Georgia. It's not Georgia, is it? You. I just got to tell you. Yeah, who is it? Johnny Football. Oh, I forgot Next Manziel day. won. I forgot Manziel won. Um, yeah, because he won it as a freshman, right? Yeah. Should have won it as a sophomore, but that's just my personal opinion. Manziel. 
They hated on him. Last question on this, Matt Green, and we'll wrap up. Do it on a positive note, Matt. The highest rated BCS title game was what? Oh, man. Ratings. Oh, it's got to be Texas or uh, Texas USC, right? Yes, it is Texas USC. Yeah, I would say that was that was had to be the best one. What was Florida State Auburn was really good. I would probably say Ohio State Miami. That was probably I put that I'd probably put that second as far as best BCS title games. Um, yeah, that that would probably be my top three right there. Yeah, well, that's that's it. I remember I'll never forget where I was when Vince Young ran it in. Like it, I stay I snuck up and like stayed up late. Like, my parents absolutely thought I was asleep. Like, them giving me a TV when I was, like, 12 in my room was not a wise decision because I think I was, like, 14, 15. I remember, like, getting up at 6 a.m. the next morning, walking the halls, and just everyone, that's all we were talking about was the Texas-USC game the next morning. I don't remember doing that with other BCS title games. I just remember it, the Texas. Yeah, it really was, like, it was an event unlike, mm-hmm. unlike most games. Even though people tried to act like USC was going for their third straight national championship. Even though they only won one, but uh, you know, I just I was definitely rooting for Texas. I feel like I was a USC hater in those days. I was just like so overrated. You're also just kind of a dork if you're rooting against Vince Young and that team. Like, uh, just like what? Oh, yeah, a lot of people like Reggie Bush because he was so exciting, you know. And USC, Hollywood, they were like the sexy team, you know. I feel like a lot of people liked USC, but. Yeah, I just, I just couldn't get past the uh, the overrated, ske- or the easy schedule they had every every year. It was, uh, and the fact that they only won one BCS championship, and we get they were people are getting them two titles. I just didn't understand it. That's why we started the BCS. So we got number one and number two. That's the champion. Some of this AP poll it stuff doesn't matter anymore. Get I'm off my lawn. You're fired up about this, Matt Green. Um, all yeah, right, that was friend. the best title game for sure. Well, that's all I've got. If there's anything else you would like to add before we wrap up here today on the Thursday night edition of the Chase House Podcast. That's, uh, that's all I got, sir. Until next time. Until next time. Matt Green, thank you as always, my friend. I appreciate the time, and we'll be back next Thursday. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.